Repeat forward bionically. Truck Jewels. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Geek Town. I am Pat E. In the house today, we have Shane Shay. Uh, and Lilith Beast. What's up? Doing okay. I've not seen you for a while. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here today. Oh, well, I'm happy you're here for this show. We have an awesome action packed, fun filled one today lined up. We have Spies in Disguise. You can we still get... go see it in theaters, and we'll talk about uh, if we think you should or not. We certainly will. Also, we're talking about Princess Ninjas. This is a new indie comic that came out in trade, so we'll give you the full rundown of the story and uh, thoughts about it. Indeed, we are talking about Christ. The crisis on infinite earth. <laughs> There's trouble across the, the multiverse. Crossover. Yeah. Yes, yes. That is, thank you. Good distinction to make. We are talking about the Arrowverse's take on Crisis on Infinite Earths. So right now we are going to start off jumping in head first, jumping in bald, awkward shaped head first, <laughs> with Spies in Disguise. Spies in Disguise is an animated. Um, uh, animated film starring Will Smith and Tom Holland. Yeah. Yes. And Will Smith plays a super spy. Tom Holland plays a very quirky inventor that works for his organization. He's like the cue to his James Bond. More yes. or less. He's the very goofy, adolescent, cutesy-ass cue. He's adorable. <laughs> He's not bad. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to him. Tom Holland actually, um, I like him as a as a like an on screen actor. I didn't realize his voice acting could be very good, and he's just like made for this character they gave him. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, this was spot like on. I think it goes with his like actual like in real life exuberance. Like he's very like excited about things. Yeah, you can tell like he's so into like nerd culture like because he is one, and he's so cute. There's some pictures sheets. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely got that. And in this, Tom Holland plays a very ambitious uh, inventor for this spy organization that Will Smith is the top spy for. And I mean, when I say top spy, I mean, he's walking through here, dapping up folks. He's got like, his own fan club. Right. The whole place is like, oh, like I'll never touch this hand again. Yeah, I'm like, dude, it was a fist bump. You know, be, you'll, you'll be all right. Yo, Go ahead, get Purell. There's a callback to that at the end, which I didn't realize until like two seconds after it happened and went, Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, lo I love that they did that. Um, the story here is Will Smith is a super spy for this organization, and one day he's just off on a regular mission, taking out, you know, uh, uh, huge spies and whose uh, organization to spies single-handed and becoming the superstar that we all know he is. And then it turns out, well, something went awry with that last mission. You didn't realize, and we didn't realize until, holy crap, Everything's gone straight to heck. Yeah. So now what do we do? Well, Will Smith ends up being framed for something that he may or may not have done and goes on the lam. The only one he can turn to is the recently released... Um, Dr. Walter. Oh, thank you, thank you, Walter. I blanked on his name for a second. And do it all goes from there into what becomes the most just like left field. Uh, I, the, the, people are turning into animals. Like, what? The who wrote this? What happened? Yeah, I, but it was, I, it was a good. St I, I think it was such a, a creative way to think about doing a spy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, you're right. They made some interesting points, and when I say interesting, I mean like if if I was an executive who saw this script, I'd be like, look, I, I like you. I like you. I like your drive. You know, you got gumption. Um, do me a favor. Uh, go, uh, go, come back when you're sober and, uh, and, and pitch it again. You know. Funny enough, I like the premise. My thing is, I wish the um, the moment where Will Smith's character had a change of heart was a little earlier in the movie. To me, I think I it would have been better. 
but overall it's a really it, like what if a spy got turned into a bird but also the specifically a pigeon yes <laughs> that's the main thrust of the plot but the more interesting the, what makes it extra interesting is you have these two characters will smith's ultra spy who's just like coming in and like kicking ass every day doing everything ready to blow everything up and then this kid who has been taught from a young age to always do the right thing take care of other people protect people yeah. so he is like q for, uh, for james bond except that all of his inventions don't hurt anyone yeah like all non-lethal inventions so he's not just making a grenade so you can blow up the enemy he's like no i'm gonna make a bubble that mitigates any explosions and nobody gets hurt and, yeah, when and they nobody took it seriously from him in the beginning and i'm like but it would save a lot of by there'd be no collateral damage yeah but no mission. one thinks like super spy and oh my god non-lethal yeah like, it kind of puts the point of in real life like james bond wouldn't work like you absolutely win look at all the destruction he causes yeah, yeah the collateral like, damage is, is off die. the charts <laughs> um they've covered that in several different uh, several different shows and a few movies and it's always been done kind of tongue-in-cheek mm -hmm. this movie for as much of a goofy comedy as it is actually takes that a little more seriously yeah uh yeah. than i would have expected especially from a vehicle about well you know it's a spy and he got a very quirky inventor and it's goofy and stuff and he and someone has to learn a lesson is yeah. it going to be will smith or is it going to be you know the guy who starts off like kind of in the wrong well you know i mean Okay, it's probably gonna be him learning. No, sometimes you have to kill, and I was, I was, I was, I was expecting the movie to go that route, and then I remembered. Oh yeah, I'm watching Spy from the Skies with the man as a pigeon on the poster. So maybe this isn't the route we're going. <laughs> you know? uh, but yeah, but, but then again, I was kind of turned around too when we start off this picture. And Will Smith is murdering folks left and right. Yes. Yeah. The first two guys are taken out like kind of non-lethally, and then he pushes them off a balcony. And I'm like, oh. Oh no, he didn't shoot him, but yeah, those guys are dead. dead. Yeah, that is that is. Mm. Uh, I I I was very surprised by this because it's very obviously a movie meant for younger audiences. Yeah, and older older audiences can't enjoy it, but like it's meant for it's meant for kids. Definitely. But people are getting tortured, people get murdered, people get tortured and murdered some, by some, bad guys. A little bit. Sometimes by good guys. A little bit who? A little bit in hilarious ways, you know. A little bit in hilarious ways. That that the, the big fat um like tattooed uh uh oh uh, gosh, uh, uh drug guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which by what the way, this movie Man. has way more nudity than I would have thought an animated movie for children would have had. Yeah. Butt cheeks all over the place. <laughs> yeah, just you know like, and naked Will Smith just in Tom Holland's character's face and he's sitting and Will Smith is standing and he's trying to give him a hug and it was yeah, like, oh my just, god. There was, there was more crack in this. Naked. There was more crack in this than American Gangster. <laughs> Yo, it was just like all, all up in your face. All up oh in god, your face. God, so naked. And the big dude is just like, he drops the towel and he's like, like, was this scene really back. necessary? He's like, pull the towel back up. So he leans over and you see more. Oh and so I do like it when they turned him into a big bag. Turned him into a big bag of pudding. Yeah, so stuff Not like that happens. Not literally, but like it was it was putting it was it was putting like enough. <laughs> One of the non-lethal uh, ways of interrogation and it's like something out of Harry Potter. Like they made all his bones vanish. <laughs> you know. It's it's a weird it's a weird it's a weird kind of story to, to 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 make happen, but I think it just happens to come together because they got the right voice casting in this. Yeah, uh, there Will was Smith. A lot of really don't like 
all pretty much everybody you know them from something. Mm -hmm. The dude with the headphones, that's DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled was, <laughs> yo, I saw his name in this. I was ready for it to be stupid. I'm like, oh, you got yeah. Khaled in this? What the? Come on, man. Y'all aren't even trying. But the character they gave him just worked. Yeah. Because he was just like, he was your reaction. Yes. To everything. It's just like, she steps in the gum, and then they see the guy, and it's the stuff, and he's just like, oh, that's messed up. Yeah. And I was I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm watching this thinking like, oh, yeah, that is messed up. Ugh. Yeah. And then when you see the whole accidental chase scene, mm -hmm. and um, I'm just like, yo, oh, 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 okay, okay, I see what's happening in the car, and I realize, oh, these people are morons. Mm -hmm. But also, everyone else in this world just sees this guy is the most incredible stunt like, driver in the world. He's accidental. He's like tripping into success. Yeah. yeah. It's whole car trays. And I kind of like that he tripped into success. Yeah, it is the most accident. It is the accidental amazing car scene that no Fast and Furious has been able to achieve. True, yeah. You know, honestly, better than any of their Yo, all the stunts. <laughs> are blown away by just like this dude trying to contain a pigeon while trying not to kill evil people who are trying I'm 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 and then Khaled steps in like oh yeah that was tight I'm like you're trying to catch these people don't be commenting your I mean that's what um the other character which was um what's her name um Karen Gillian? Karen yeah Gillian? yeah the eyes chick that's who that is mm. and um, <laughs> the eyes she was chick. like well that was the character's name no, her, eyes. Yo, that, okay, yeah. <laughs> quick, quick, quick side note, Ruka. I, 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 I feel like I'm gonna agree with the point you about to make, but quick side note about them when they in, when they introduce themselves, because that took me out of it for just a second. Their eyes and ears for just a second. Yeah, it's just like they they come in like you know it's like we're gonna bust you. It's like hey, what's up? My, they call me eyes. And I'm like, Who has a room like that? Because yo, dig this. They call me the hat. What's your name? Because they call me Tie Man. No, what? Out of here. Weird I mean, ass it's a, it's I'm sorry. It's supposed to be a spy movie, so like names that are also. So puns no one in any, happen. no one in any spy movie I've ever. It, it's like they call me Remington. Well, okay, maybe Remington Steele did say that, but everyone else, <laughs> no one else came in. Jeez, they call me. They call the me name, the Cufflink. I want you to think about the name of every henchman and yes. Bond girl in the Bond series and tell but me. they don't introduce themselves puns. coming in. Just saying. Our job never said they call me. No. Well, our job no, never the said the they call me the hat. No, the person who hired him was like, this is odd job. Like, <laughs> Yeah, also, did he choose that name? It's like, no one wants to be called random. He never spoke, you know, so no, he it's, it's like, say. It's yeah, like, oh, okay, you won't, know. You, like, you won't work for me. From now on, your name is Gopher. I mean, there like, was a Really? My, my, my name is Gerald. Is I, a, I, you know, have... Uh, this is a universe where there's a woman named Pussy Galore. Like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also, did she... Was that her name from birth because her parents had a sense of humor? I'm very curious there. So many questions pop up that, you know, I mean... Or, or, or think about the Austin Power movie. He's like, a lot of vagina. Well, that was... That was obviously that was obviously you know a, a family name. I wonder Humpsalot. Hey, you know, I mean, people learn those nicknames in middle school. I'm just yeah. So it's just it's 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 just very curious the way they work this in to the story, but it was like blatant in your face. Like, yeah. I, if it was for comedy, that that's the part that lost me. But the rest, this is what surprised just blew my mind. I didn't hate this. Yeah. No, I, I expected I, to hate this. I didn't hate this. this I, I actually really I, liked it. I thought it would actually, at most, I thought it'd be like pleasant, maybe. I was like, either it will be bad and I won't like it, or it'll be pleasant. I'm like, mm, I 
did show this to my kids. Like, yeah, optimistically, you think it, it, man, yeah, it, it I, might be chock full of men. Yeah. I didn't think, one, that I would laugh out loud as much as I did. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think I'd actually get, like, a bit of, a, like, it, more than one kind of hard-hitting lesson. Yeah. I sympathize with the villain for like a just a for a little uh, for, bit. For, for for just like one minute. It yeah. was just like oh yeah, no you, mm, it's you kinda did like, get a raw deal. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like if, if you've ever seen the show um the anime cells at work, like mm. where they sort of make you feel bad for cancer for a minute. And <laughs> yes, yes, the it's the like, under <laughs> the underrepresented uh, victim of all this. <laughs> The like, cancer. You'd have to watch the show to understand. Okay. But, like, because he's set up as a villain, but you feel sorry for him because like everybody's like, you can't exist. You don't deserve to live. And he's like, I just want to live. And you're like, oh. And the villain is kind of like that. Like, yeah, he's a bad guy, but he also lost everything mm-hmm. in his first encounter with, what you call it? With Will Smith, um, Will Smith, Sterling, Sterling, Agent Sterling. I keep wanting to call him Archer because yeah. he's Sterling, <laughs> <laughs> but I know it's Lance Sterling. I wonder if that. I wonder if that was intentional, like calling yeah, him that's Sterling. A good question. All right, yeah. little, I've cut you or, off like eight times. I'm sorry. Or you, maybe you, it's you, a Remington Steel joke. I don't know. Um. Yeah. This. So this movie was by the same company that brought us Ice Age, and I feel like it's about like on par with that, which is a movie that I loved in high school. And that also explains Will Smith's head shape. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I feel like the commercials for this made it look terrible, and especially because it is such a goofy idea. But it's like, it's not as good as a Pixar movie, but it's like, it's much closer than I thought it would be. And I definitely, I caught feels when I was watching this too. Yeah, like I felt like in the beginning when you first meet Walter and you meet his mom. Yeah. Okay, so immediately when that first scene was over, I was like, oh, well, she died. Oh man! And they show, you're not if they wrong, show that's a real. child having a heartwarming moment with their parent at the beginning of an animated movie. You know what's they're happening. They're probably gonna die, which also probably means it might be a decent movie. Yeah, true. <laughs> Kill those parents. Right. Give, give somebody a purpose in life. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna I'm I'm promos for all of this, and that, that's gonna be your tagline right there. <laughs> Kill those parents. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's nice because you meet him, you meet Walter like that's the first scene you meet Walter and his mom who's a police officer and she, and Walter has all these weird ideas and he at a very young age he's clearly very smart and he wants and he wants to be like his mom and make the world a better place yeah. even though maybe he can't go out there and do it like in a shoot up the bad guys kind of way but with his scientific genius which he has a lot of it like the cutest thing when he made the glitter bomb in the beginning to show yeah. his mom. He was like, was because glitter makes people scene. happy. And I'm like, glitter does make people happy. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have to clean up glitter. Yeah. And you're not as happy. But mm. <laughs> well, I'm also thinking in that scene, like, as many friends I have that are in the burlesque world, you know, you give them, like, a high five. You are covered in glitter for weeks. Yeah. Okay, you know, it's like... It just for, happens. Yeah, from that first scene, like, that house is glittery forever. It is. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I remember one time I let my daughter make Valentine's herself when she was, like, four years old. And my ho- my apartment was covered in glitter. And, hell, it's probably still covered in glitter. I don't even live there anymore. I feel like you sparkling now. Audience oh, is wa- our audience is watching this just like, yo, Shayna twinkling. What's going yeah. on, man? Oh, that's because I actually put on glitter. But, <laughs> but like, legit, every time I clean the house, I'm sweeping up the floor, I look glitter. Yep. Every time I'm wiping down something, more glitter. So the glitter in this movie is not going anywhere. Oh, yeah. no. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, when... For... 
ages. <laughs> Which leads into one of the very first scene, like we were talking about when the first scene when you meet Will Smith's character. Mm. Which yes, I know, Lance Sterling. Lance Sterling. When you meet Lance, uh, he's on a mission to get this the MacGuffin of the piece, which is this drone that is auto autonomous enough that it can solve problems and kill people. And you know what? I never really understood what that was. They 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 said what it was, kinda. They said it's a drone. Yeah. But I'm like, but like everyone else, everyone has a drone in this. Yeah. Well, drones are not a new thing. Drone is supposed to be able to learn. I, I, that's the thing I didn't get. Yeah. That's like, the thing that that was, it that was missing. Like it has at least some aspect of AI, mm -hmm. and um, the bad guy is buying it from the the, the Japanese arms dealer. And Will Smith's character goes, blows up everybody, thinks he gets it back until he gets back to um, headquarters and realizes it's missing. And that is the impetus of the rest of the story because they think he stole it. But um, but also during that big shoot him up scene, like he thinks he's about to throw a grenade, but really it's a glitter bomb. And what's hilarious is that all of the henchmen go, <laughs> yeah, when you can distract the room full of henchmen with you know some kitties, that's a that's that's, that's a special day. Um, uh, the voice cast in this was really well was really put good. together. Um, and the thing is, like we, we talked about this, we're, we're watching it, and like I I know that voice, I, like every single time. That? Yeah, and the thing is though, for the character, they were just they were just great. Yeah, you know, Reba McIntyre, well done. Mm -hmm. um, Karen Gillan, well done. DJ Khaled, surprisingly, because I, again, yeah. I was expecting him to no be bad. I have no faith he's good at anything, so yes. yeah, if he's ever good, I'm like... And I enjoyed him. <laughs> I enjoyed him specifically, not just like, oh, I didn't mind him in it. Like, I enjoyed what he well, did. the character yeah. was you know? fun. Like, yeah, not, that's, that's what I'm saying. Lot, like, this is well, it was well put together, well well thought out. Yeah. You don't yeah. expect a movie like I, this to be well thought out. I and like they when Lance gets back to headquarters and he, like, shakes his lapels and all the glitter comes off. <laughs> yeah. But he's pissed. But everybody else is like, ooh. Yeah, it was like... Added to the image. Yes, you know? it really did. Um, I thought, like, I really don't have much bad to say about this. No, the I whole like, part I... with the villain, uh, I'm like, oh, they're going to try to make it a, a hokey, you you sympathize with the villain type of thing. It's like, no, I acknowledge that he got a raw deal, but immediately the character acknowledged, well, yeah, but that's because you were kind of doing this. You know? Yeah, like, yeah you know? you're a bad guy. Like... And it gave credence to it, you know. Uh, I appreciate the acting that went into this. I appreciate the fact that even though the premise is completely left field it's and out so there. It's so silly. Yeah. Um, it makes a good point about mm -hmm. the message it's trying to convey. Yeah. You know, again, you mentioned it's not Pixar. You know, it's you're not crying all through this. Yeah. No, but you're more like warmed. Yeah. Kind of like you get a soft, fuzzy feeling by the time you get to the end. Mm -hmm. um, it's a good story of friendship. It's yeah. And as much as I kind of don't like Will Smith's character very much in this, um, but that's really just because the character is a jerk for most of the movie, <laughs> and and he's clearly like. Okay, he thinks his way is the only way, mm -hmm. and he's not open to trying anything different. Which is the whole thing about Walter's character is that he just he wants to find a better way of saving the world, yeah. where maybe no one has to get hurt. Yeah. And I'm There's like, a lot of people in real life that you know have those same negative beliefs that you know you have to work through. He's so mean so, to know. me. <laughs> But like, and I like that that he his whole thing was essentially non-violent things. And again, I said this earlier. This movie just really solidified for me that weapons of mass destruction are always bad. Yeah, like they're always bad. Stop, stop inventing them because the ultimate issue is that eventually someone who you don't want to have it will have it. And then what you're gonna do? Also, 
in emergency situations, when everybody's inside, just close the gosh darn emergency Why door. Why did they close the door? <laughs> Why did they close the door? You gonna sit there and wait? <laughs> and, oh, incoming! Close the door. Yeah, now Why can't really. You close the door five minutes ago. Yes. <laughs> the one thing that got me though, the one thing that I did, I did realize was kind of cool is uh, they showed their HQ. But it never really dawned on me where the HQ was yeah. until that end scene where they couldn't really? close the door and they was under attack. And I was like, oh, it's under, under the waiting the pool in Washington. Yeah, and I'm like, I, I, no, I thought it was just showing like, oh, it's it takes place in D.C. Right. We're showing I you monuments. Recall, I, just, I didn't realize that reminds no, me. Isn't that where the headquarters in Get Smart is? Well, I mean, they, well, okay, there's a loose points for originality, but besides that. But, no, but underneath the reflecting pool, isn't I, that where... Well, are you t which which gets smart? Because I remember it very, being very specifically under um, the Empire State Building when Maxwell's driving through New York. In the TV show or the movie? In the TV show. In the movie, it was underneath. Okay, oh, wow. So there, yeah. <laughs> All right. See, here's where here's where. Here's where we're getting deep in the weeds. Yeah. Uh, in Get Smart, where was their HQ? That Wax Smart. In which season? What color car was he driving? Okay, was he driving the green one? Was he driving the red one? Was he driving the gold one? Because in the gold ones in the la later seasons, when the, like, and I know all this. I should. There's no reason to, and it had nothing to do with spy no, no. But it just kind of showed that the movie had so many tip-offs to other spy franchises. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not mad at that at all. I, I'm, I'm acknowledges it's that. not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Before we give our ratings, can I just call attention to the pigeon? That Will Smith became was 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 funny. Yes. Yeah. The pigeon posse. Oh my god, the pigeons were the best part. I love the friggin' pigeon posse. Like especially so Lovey. Lovey is the best pigeon. I don't know. Lovey is best pigeon. Crazy eyes. Kinda, <laughs> crazy eyes. Kind of. I know had that a, one didn't even have a name. Had, had had a the lollipop one said. Yeah. What the? I mean, he was cool too, and I like Jeff slapping everybody with his wings. That yeah. was fun. They got, they, got, they, got, they got one pigeon. My name Jeff. Lovey <laughs> like, because she got the most subtitles about what she was actually thinking and. No, lovey hardcore. We 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 know <laughs> we know what she was thinking. Yeah. Okay. It's it's rarely you see a pigeon spending time with me trying to get it wet. Yeah. All right. You know. I mean that that's 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 all I'm gonna say about I mean, that. Yeah. Man, when she met elsewhere. another human female, she was not kind. <laughs> yeah. She she had some internalized was... misogyny problems. Maybe. Yo, like, that was... Oh my gosh. Because she was like, oh, you after my pigeon. Get you. It's on. <laughs> Straight out of Jerry Springer. Um, also, when we with the pigeon, y'all noticed that he's a pigeon, but he still had a little bow tie. I yeah, did, yeah. I'm like, why does he have a bow tie? Is, is it that ingrained in his DNA, his spy lifestyle, that he still has essentially a suit hey, on? He became a spy because he had a like a skin condition. Also, already. kudos. <laughs> just one more kudos to the animation because if you paid attention. Will Smith's pigeon does have the iridescent feathers around his neck like um, rock pigeons do in real life. Oh, <laughs> I didn't catch that. Yeah. yeah, every once in a while the light would hit him just right and you'd see it. And I'm like, Ah, That's nice. cool. I do think they did some pigeon research in this. The whole thing with uh, 360 vision. Yeah. Oh my you know, god. Like... I love when he found out he had a cloaca. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was that was a scene. He's like everything comes out the same. <laughs> There's a lot of goods to say about this. There's not much bad, which no, is it's, it's not just it's not just surprising. It's like you know you expect yeah. it a, a thing like this just be stupid, maybe a cash grab. If you know we put an animated movie, everyone's gonna see one of those, yeah. right? Yeah. And the fact that it was cleverly written, it was well cast, not just stunt cast. The people did a great job. They like I don't I don't think anyone in this was kind of was you know phoning it in. Yeah. No. You know. and, uh, Definitely not Reba. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. Like despite like I don't 
love that particular character trope that was being displayed by Lance Sterling character. Like by the end, I was on board um, with him. And overall, it was just a really well done tight movie. The pacing was decent. It wasn't too slow or too fast. The action was good, well animated fast paced enough that it was visually stimulating but not so fast that you couldn't see what was happening yes <laughs> so what you giving this bad boy i would give it a thumbs up like definitely take your kids to see this or if you are an adult you can see it by yourself you still yeah. laugh <laughs> strong agree i think there's a lot of good messages in here about um kind of you get to see both toxic masculinity but then also like learning and growing and taking these different ideas and moving forward but it's also just really fun and cleverly written um and i agree if you're like having a bad week you had some bad news at work or you're just like kind of bummed out go to this as an adult it's a little bit slow off the blocks in my opinion but by the end of the movie i was really excited yeah like once i probably about the halfway point i was like okay this is getting really fun yeah I'm right there with both of y'all. Um, I thought it was very well presented. Um, like, this is one you can tell they obviously, like, put care into the creation of. And they knew it was going to seem silly off the bat. They went out of their way to present their um, press their message. But also, it didn't shy away from the comedy. It also did not shy away from the action. Yeah. And showed, like, no, I'm a spy, but this isn't a goofy world. People are actually trying to kill folks. So mm -hmm. we need to handle business when handle business. But also, like, the message it conveys is violence is not always the way. Or at least, like, you know, lethal violence is yeah. not always we the can, way. We can always find other ways to yeah. solve our problems. It found a good balance of all of that. And I was very surprised. I was very impressed. I had a good time and final point is i have to have to at the very least respect a movie that can make they gluten free <laughs> a badass the badass like line a cool ass line to go out on so it's a thumbs up for me it for is a, it is a right, for all of us awesome. gluten sensitive people out here <laughs> <laughs> we have Absolutely. our hero finally right. yeah. yeah walter you tell them about gluten free yeah. <laughs> all right so now moving from spies in the skies let's talk about Princess Ninjas. Princess Ninjas takes place in a world where, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> in a world where an evil wizard has conquered all kingdoms except one. It falls on this one nation to save the world itself. With three ninjas that are also princesses, that are also young children yes. that need to step in to their own. And they survive, will they survive? And can they ultimately get over their own personal differences mm. to save the world. <laughs> this summer. Vince, Vin Diesel is now okay. All right, so. No, so the story is uh, Princess Ninjas. It's about these three girls who become sisters. They're all from different kingdoms, kingdoms. who They're the have only been... survivors of their kingdoms exactly. after the evil wizard takes mm -hmm. them over. They're the last remaining remnants of these societies in this world that's pretty much built up of four kingdoms. Yeah. And they've been brought to the last one as not just refuge, but also as the saviors of their future. They'll mm -hmm. eventually find because this out. Because there is a prophecy. Indeed. So, tell us your thoughts, <laughs> Sheena, about Princess Ninjas. Princess Ninjas is an interesting comic, I will give that. Um, you meet the three princesses, um, well, well, beyond the setup that you gave, the king of the country that the princesses end up growing up in defeats the evil wizard because of a magical MacGuffin. Um, <laughs> it was. The magical MacGuffin was prophesied to um, also share its power with these three girls and they will one day save the world. But, you know, he's also a really overprotective father, so, <laughs> so he, what you call it, raises them 
and him and his wife, who were childish, decide to, you know, well, we'll raise them, and they'll be our little princesses, and we'll keep them safe, and everything will be great. Um, when they're teen, when they're like in their, I guess, preteens or yeah. teens. Yeah, I got a sense they were around young. like twelve. Yeah, like they're definitely young, but probably like in that wheelhouse of age. But um, they're young girls, but still interested in like dating. Yeah, like their nanny hips them to the prophecy before right before the evil wizard attacks again and then she sacrifices herself for them and then they awaken to their powers yeah okay. and then How madcap adventures about... ensue mm. <laughs> the girls in turtle bear just off on their own oh adventures. i love turtle bear <laughs> i want a turtle bear that would be a great like yeah like um a plushie mm-hmm. oh i would like to turn him into a plushie backpack there you go perfect awesome. for that that sounds like animal abuse. <laughs> All right, so Lulu, what were your thoughts? Thought, thoughts? Um, so I, I embrace things that are for kids. I, uh, you know, spies in disguise, great example of something. It's like not really for me, but I can find the value in it, and I, I can enjoy it. And I've read comics that are for kids that I've really enjoyed. I didn't love this. Uh, I felt like it was, it didn't have enough original ideas. The pacing wasn't great and the as important as the message was in spies in disguise i felt like there were there was like this big message in this book of like family is super important even if it's not blood family like you got you always have to be there for your family Mm -hmm. but there were times where i was like but she's being a she's being a jerk she's being being a a jerk (laughs) <laughs> and you can't just like forgive her without saying like, hey, that's not cool. And I felt like it was a little bit like, no, you always have to be there for your sisters no matter what. And I was like, but not always. Like, don't, don't get, don't become a doormat for the sake of family. Yeah. Well, no, I see that. Like you, they never, like they showed them forgiving, but nobody actually earning forgiveness. Yes. Like people just automatically like, it's okay. We're sisters. We're all kind of jacked up sometimes. And it's like. Yeah, but still. Yeah, or like learning and growing and like not making the same mistakes because I feel, I feel like, like they just kept being jerks yeah, in different ways. Like, I feel like the closest they came to like being really like I messed up and I'm trying to, you know, fix it is I guess the last story where they went to the Goblin Kingdom. Yeah. Like, I think that's the closest somebody gets to being like oh, I messed up. I'm real sorry, you guys. And But, but of course, you don't really see anything happen after that since the last story. And so you don't know if there was, like, continual change. Yeah. <laughs> I suspect that there probably wasn't. I noticed everything in this book happened pretty fast. Yeah. Like, the story is told to you, and it's very comic booky. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's just like, you know, wizard attacks, fights, defeats, keeps fighting, defeated, now we got princesses in school, or yeah. rather ducking school. One being a complete jerk to someone who's got your best interest, as far as we know. Yeah. Uh, a, 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 you know, uh, 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 you know, in in hand in mind, whatever you want to say. And then it moves at a fast pace. I'm like, okay, they just want to yeah. get you into the story. It's like, but this is the story. Like, it's yeah. Just, it's just kind of rocketing through. Maybe it's made for folks with short attention spans. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not. I, I'm not entirely. Not sure, just children, but, but ADD children. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, just like, yo, get them there. Quick. I mean, okay. uh, so as much as I appreciate that, I wish that it had gotten a little more into those things, the, the the aspect of ramifications yes. for their actions. Yeah, you know? I kind of thought, like, going in, because when I realized it was just one, like, issue, as it were, I was like, oh, well, this will just be a continuous narrative. But it was actually really episodic, and I was like, 
only episodic in the way where it almost seemed like everything was reset in the yeah. next story and like nobody learned anything from the previous story yeah and as a standalone story not bad as continuous stories well continuity man yeah <laughs> you're like didn't you learn anything from last time like i mean like really well i suspect there was elements of things like uh things like powerpuff girls where they're just really focused on we have the different uh, characters with different abilities and different personalities, and we just have to present I mean, a story they where they work together. Mm, pretty kind different, of, yeah. yeah. Kind of, there's sort the of. one. There's the one that's like really gung ho about everything, and I gotta get into like you know all types of stuff, and I'm gonna cause mischief. But you yeah. know, it's like lighthearted mischief. There's the one who's like they alluded to. They kind of like. Um, only presented it in conversation, but there's the one who's more snobby and haughty and such, mm -hmm. and you know, yeah, very don't you know so and so, and she like she makes a point about like we've been wearing knockoff fashions this whole time, yeah. And, like, are and you? I wish they'd done. People more. are on fire outside. Yeah, this like, is your... it, I feel like these things could have worked if you had given it more character development. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but their characters weren't developed besides the the things that make them different, but the the little bit that you got to differentiate them weren't all good traits and yeah. i don't think it was a good enough balance of good and bad traits for them as whole characters i like the idea the premise is interesting kind of reminds me of some stuff i've seen before but i didn't need it more yeah like it could have been good but you had to pick them girls a little less bratty yeah <laughs> Well, they're also, they're also dealing with children like I, i'm not sure if it was um i'm trying to remember if it was elise or bridget the blonde one uh, I think but she got, is, yeah. All right, but she got. I think. I think she got a raw deal because we saw plenty of the other two fighting and then making up and then you know yeah. being themselves again. And she was always presented as the uh, the mediator between them. They didn't yeah. really give her of, much. Unfortunately, what happens when you become the mediator character is that well, you don't. You're never going to be as interesting because the clearly more vivacious characters are everyone else you're the calm one yeah well yeah but if you're in the middle of a a, a long story that you know gives time to tell yeah uh, these uh the, the the escapades of these girls and how they eventually fight for their kingdom for their society for their livelihood um you can at least throw her a, you know a few more lines yeah just, hey come on guys Okay, makeup. Like, yeah. Hey, let's not fight. Have a section where maybe like she gets taken off the map and the other two have to be like, oh, we really do need her. Like, well, I mean, they did, but I mean, but again, it goes to that whole being crappy to each other, but not really apologizing in a really a wholly sincere way. Yeah. Like, yeah, you got turned into unicorns because you didn't listen to your sister, mm -hmm. but you're just like. Uh, you know, we should have listened to you. Aw, shucks. And that's the end. Like, and now you got hooves. How you feel about that? Yeah. And, and Thanks it's like, for saving she went us out again. of her way to save you. What's happening here? Yeah. You know, um, I mean, I, I acknowledge I'm not the target audience for yeah, this. No. You know, it's like, one, I'm a grown-ass man who has this voice. <laughs> you know, two, I was born with, you know, XXY chromosomes. So, you know, it's not, like, not directly targeted me. Even though this doesn't, like, completely negate uh you know uh well my ilk as mm -hmm. an audience it definitely seems uh uh geared more towards younger folks mm -hmm. and i'm like you can write a book for kids without pandering and while yeah. i didn't think this was bad it felt a lot like pandering yeah you know um like, which is unfortunate because i think it had a lot of promise yeah. yeah i feel like there's some good ideas there i just i feel like maybe they needed an editor or something to yeah 
help them call the characters. Also, I did kind of laugh a little bit when I realized that the Asian one is from the Southern Kingdom and the Black one is from the East Kingdom. And I'm like, were y'all purposely not wanting to <laughs> the other way around? it up. <laughs> Because because Elise is from the Northern Kingdom. Mm. I mean, you can only, you, like, you can only do so much. But I was like, well, is this a Power Rangers season one kind of thing? <laughs> um, I I didn't, I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't realize that completely. Like as you said it right there, I'm just like, oh, good for them. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, I I hope that was a conscious decision. If that was happenstance, shame on you. If yeah. that was conscious, I, I would have <laughs> got a bigger yeah, yeah. laugh if it had been another well, way around. Honestly, I, I would <laughs> I would know. not have. I would have. You know, the letter would have been written. They they, 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 know, they know what they're doing. Someone's paying attention. Yeah. At this point in time, I would be like, mm, no, it's fine. It's... All right, but um, you know, honestly, I'm I'm still I'm I'm still giving this a thumbs up. But it's one of those very mild like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a thing. Because it wasn't a bad book, I feel like it could have done more. And yeah. the fact that it didn't just meant that it didn't meet my expectations as an audience member. But not that they wrote a bad book, not that they presented it, or, you know, presented, or, you know, uh, or, you know, insulted their audience. Yeah. It's just one of those ones you'll, you'll read. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend this to, like, my friends with my, you know, with, with the parents. I would recommend this to anyone whose kid is a voracious reader and they're running out of stuff. You know, it's like, oh, oh well, well, this is also okay. on the thing, you know? I mean, yeah, like, you check not, this out, too. You it's know? not yeah. terrible. It's not that the quality so much is bad. It's, man, I just wish there was more characterization so you knew more who these characters were other than the one-trick pony of that they're princesses with ninja powers. Mm. Yeah. Again. Very power rangy. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a thumbs down, Ooh. but I'm going to agree with you that if you have a kid and they just like, they need books, this isn't terrible. It's not gonna like give them bad ideas. I just think that the good ideas and, and good values that it's trying to impart aren't great. So like, <laughs> if you need... like, like, did you, it needed something more. Like it just needed more story, like the, Again, like the art's good. Like yeah, there are there are nice. promising ideas. I hate to give it a thumbs down because I'm like, it's not without any merit. It's yeah. just I wish there was something more. Yeah. I wish you made the characters a little more likable. Because there are moments where they are not and they're jerks to each other. Yeah. And not like I would never want to see my daughters behave that way to each other. Yeah. Like ever. Like I'd be very upset. They'd be punished. <laughs> so what you for? And like, er, like not a terrible like. Okay, I'll give it a thumbs up because it's not a terrible read. Mm. But I would, I, but I can't say I, I would super super recommend it to anybody. Like I might let I probably let my older daughter read it because she's a big reader and she loves comics and she loves like this kind of stuff. But I doubt she'd read it again. Mm -hmm. She's probably more off, more likely go and make her own head cannon somewhere else. <laughs> that's what she does. Oh, there's there a plus, and it inspires creativity because they'll start thinking of better books. There you go. I mean, yeah, it is kind of one of those stories that it has so much. Oh, ooh, it's like Aragon. It has so much promise, but you know, it's not that great. Story. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that well written. Oh man, he called it the Eddie Redman in comic books. <laughs> All right, no, so I it's called the books. Okay. The Inheritance Cycle. No. They made a movie um, some years ago. It, it has good ideas. It was written by a 15 year old who self published it with his parents. And it, it's kind of hacky, though. Like, the actual books are a little hacky. Like, it's a little bit. Weren't you just like, trying to, weren't you just, like trying to promote this here? 
You just said, yeah, no, I'm talking about this. You know, it's a much better read, even though it's no, 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 <laughs> no. This is what I'm saying. That's why to me that is a good comparison because it has good ideas. There are things in it that have merit, but it is kind of hacky because you could tell he pulled from very obviously from other fantasy um genre, from other fantasy properties. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, I just wish you had just put a little more of yeah. your own spin on it. It does. It didn't just feel like you know a story a kid made up, and it is just a story a kid made up. Made up, and this kind of feels the same way. Like it yeah. has promising things in it, but it's not executed as well as I would have liked. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. All right, so now um, let's talk about let's comic book geek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it. We're talking about Crisis on Infinite Earths. Now, what this is, the Owlverse, if anyone's not familiar with that, is the uh, CW shows, Arrow, oh, Supergirl. The DC's CW shows. Indeed. Um, uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, mm -hmm. uh, The Flash. Um, Batgirl. Bat Batwoman. 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 Yep, yeah, you're thank right. You. And various other shows that, up until now, were not related to these immediate shows, oh, which Lightning. is a thing that I didn't... Exactly, Black Lightning, which is a CW show that's been around for a while, but is not related mm -hmm. uh, directly to these shows. And now DC's done their multi-universe crossover event, Crisis on Infinite Earths, mm -hmm. which spanned each one of these shows. Each one had a different episode that showed how the story comes together and included these characters from the other shows. And by the other shows, we're talking about uh, Teen Titans. We're talking about... Um, uh, a Doom Patrol. We're talking about Black Lightning. You know, we're talking about all the other properties. We're talking about the '90s Flash yep. show. Birds of we're Prey TV show, which yeah. I loved. It was from super sad when they canceled it. Yeah, we're talking <laughs> about Birds of Prey, which has not been on the air for a good oh, fifteen, yeah. maybe more years, and is included in this. Yeah, uh, dude, I was a I'm, well, I'm, I'm a big big. I'm a big ass DC fan. I don't know if you can tell by the fact that I'm wearing a freaking Batman ring. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah, let that come across. The GL ring? No, no. No, no. no I've taken a swap in these out according to what I'm wearing, and today I'm doing a little more formal Ooh, thing. Oh, okay, know, so. yeah. Usually he has Bruce a green lantern ring on. Yeah, thank you for noticing. <laughs> uh, but I'm a big DC fan. I'm glad yeah. when they. I, I always love like the big events that they do, and I appreciate that the Arrowverse has made it a point to just like DC Comics does a big summer event Good, yeah. uh arrow has done a big summer event mm -hmm. well and, not in the summer because you know don't oh well summer. has done a, a big a, a seasonal event yeah mm -hmm. and like for the last like three or four years now they've been having these crossovers and they've gotten bigger with each season um partially because now more shows because originally it was just arrow and flash that existed and then legends came along and then Supergirl got moved to CW, so that made it easier to do a crossover. Mm. Even though the first time they crossed her over, she was still on a different network. Well, I mean, nice. they, they, they can only work with what they have so far. You know, different yeah. deals are going to take place, contracts are going to be signed, yeah. different streaming services are going to open up, presenting more opportunities. They added Batwoman before the Batwoman show started last year. Mm. Um, which I was actually kind of like her backdoor pilot, to be fair, the crossover, oh. so you could get to know the character before the show started last year. Which they do often, um, like over the years, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. You know, uh, we never saw Zeta Project do more than one season, even though that was a, uh, uh -huh, that was a show that started as a single episode on Batman okay. Beyond, yeah. then became a backdoor pilot where Zeta goes off on his own adventure, and then becomes a show that didn't run too long. No, it didn't. You know, we were promised Calamity Jane, we were promised uh, a lot of other things, yeah. which I mean, they didn't always take off, Batwoman took off. 
Like, it's funny, because that Calamity Jane did happen just in the last one. It didn't happen. I liked it, but, you know. It only happened in certain regions. I think that was a mistake, because when they pushed it here and then didn't show, didn't run the show, uh, a lot of folks I know were pissed because we wanted to see it. We're like, yo, that Jonah Hex episode of uh, of, of Batman yeah. was dope. Yo, can we get the, yeah, you with the, run with the West, let's do this. And they showed the commercials, everyone was excited. Yeah. They did not run it here in Boston. Mm. Mm-hmm. Pain in the butt. How dare. But this show has taken... Uh, existing, uh, excuse me, this crossover has taken existing shows, has taken pilots that were never made, pilots that did run, things that had limited runs, things that were just specials, things that were in the movie theaters. Yeah. You know, and incorporated them all in. That's also, one of those is because there's going to be a TV show. Uh, Which one? Green Lantern. Yes, Green Lantern is a tough one to do too, so I'm really hoping they'll they use footage that one from up, the movie though. Which I oh, wow. am, I will begrudgingly, you know, just I'll take with a grain of salt. Well, that, it's that movie supposed to be on the H- um, and when HBO Max launches, it's supposed to be on there. Again, why I will take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, well, I'm assuming like the same people who are working on the other like those DC shows that are on DC streaming service, which I have a feeling HBO Max is going to absorb at some point. Hmm. Um, you think HBO will absorb Disney? No, the DC streaming service. Oh, okay. Did you know they have their own? Yeah. I have a feeling if HBO Max does really well, they'll absorb it because they're also showing a lot of those shows on there when it launches. Mm. Um, but I think it's like some of the same people who worked on those shows, like Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, um, the Titans show. Like, it's all going to be run by I think a similar group of people. I'd be okay with that. Um, all right, hold on, real quick. The rundown of Crisis. Oh no, I'm Earth wrong. Is... I'm sorry. No, the Green Lantern is done by the people from CW, um, the Arrowverse. So that might loop back into there. Gotcha. Cool. Thank you. That was a very sorry, important factoid. To... <laughs> um, the uh, actual plot of Crisis on Infinite Earths is there's this. I, I want to say omnipotent, but he's definitely proven that he's not. But this very, very powerful being called the Monitor who yeah. uh, comes to the DC heroes and warns them that, okay, there's this big event and my exact, like, you know, mirror universe counterpart, the Anti-Monitor, is on this mad quest to destroy all, multi, all you know, the other uh, universes mm-hmm. in the multiverse. And they're like, the f- is a multiverse. You know, but it's like, okay, well, what's his motivation? His motivation is he wants to rule all the different universes in the multiverse. And we're like, okay, so, but he's going to destroy them. You know, so these are things you have to wrap your head around the, you have to wrap wrap head around the fact that it's still a comic book story. So the ultimate logistics of destroying things so you can consolidate them so they can rule the one thing that was the remnants of all the other things that you wanted to rule in the first place. It's like, calm, calm, you know, calm, you know, your tits, okay? Let's just get this story out because there actually is a lot of good to come from this and a lot of interesting ideas to present. Yeah. Yes. The Anti-Monitor comes to the uh, well, the Justice League, the Society, all the DC heroes to present them with a chance to save their world because the Anti-Monitor has set a wave that's just been destroying world after world and we get kind of a cool intro montage mm-hmm. of like set, I mean, Easter eggs out the waz in this. So yeah. And it starts off with several of them uh, as their worlds are overtaken uh, by this wave, and it's freaking cool. If you're a, if you're not a DC fan, you have no idea who these people are. It's just a good display yeah. of oh my god, the destruction is on this tremendous yes. scale. And they yeah, tell you it, the Earth, which Earth it is, and then you know the, how the wave hits it. And I'm like, that, that's that's a freaking cool way to present it. Yeah. And then if you are a DC fan, or at least you've seen these properties or know these characters, freaking Robert Wool from the 1989 is the first thing you see, and I'm just like. 
Oh. Yes, you no. Son of you know what? You yes. know, you know one cameo I absolutely loved in that first montage in the first episode. Burt Ward. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I was, was like, is that? <laughs> he was like, he even did one of his catchphrases. I was like. Burt Ward was the original so Robin in the 1960s <laughs> in the 66 Batman uh, 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 TV show. And it and has a in, lot in of that, that Earth for... was like yeah. Earth 60 something. Oh, and yeah. Like He's... all the Earth numbers can correlate somehow to yeah. either when that property first came out or what you call it, or something significant about the property for the most part. Mm -hmm. Which was a very cool factoid, I think, that they, um, not factoid, which was a very cool like little element that they threw in. Because these Earths don't all have um, like, you know, proper titles in the books. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's something that they could actually play with and make, you know, have let the show have something of its own, yeah. which I thought was unique. I really enjoyed the way they worked in some of that, like specific Earths titled 666. <laughs> and then who do we meet there? Well, you meet the devil. Oh, well, now it makes a little <laughs> more sense, doesn't it? And they go to the magic realm because Constantine is not out of the oh, realm no, of... Teen. Teen. Excuse me, it's Constantine. <laughs> I know, I know. I know, no, it's I a know. cool thing. Uh, okay, that's a, that's it. You know what? No, that's another little random Easter yeah, egg. Yeah, if, if they if, make a joke about if the we don't talk about the Easter eggs now, I realize how much we're gonna forget. So, so let's many, just like though. jump in. Like I, I, I don't even remember all of them off the top of my head. There were so. Oh yeah, no, many. the cameos alone are Easter eggs in their own. Then like this background stuff. There's some things that are like smiled illusions that you can consider them Easter eggs if you want, I but like it may be reaching. Every DC live action property that has existed in the last yeah. 30 years. Not just live action. They've, more. they've a lot of them came across in dialogue yeah. only, but there were references to uh, the video games. There were the references comics, to the animated, course. the comics of course. Um, one to the toys which I thought was interesting. Um, and I thought there would have been more. There was only one. Uh, they made references to, to Batman's different outfits for like uh, mm -hmm. like you know every um, like you know well everything uh, reference which was a direct reference to how in the 90s when Batman became popular from the movies and the animated show um, they all the toys they released weren't just Batman and you know the Batmobile and the city of Gotham it was you know they had like snow action Batman you know, yeah. space Train Batman undersea Batman and all of them had different he was costumes prepared different for stuff. everything. It got ridiculous though, and they, it did. yeah. But I but like. I mean, that comes straight out of the comics too. Like Batman really has stuff like that. And if for anybody who like poo pooed the the shark repellent in the original Batman movie from the sixties, well, that's comic accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of the stuff they they had they they've they've made some missteps along the way. Speaking of the animated show, the the one uh, cameo. It, it was more than a cameo that like really had me back on my heels was when you go and you meet uh, a future Batman and he's played by Kevin Conroy, oh, yes, I voice actor that. from the animated series. And on top of that, in that world, every time you see the sky, the sky is red mm -hmm. the same way that it is in the animated series. And I was just sitting there, I was like, I'm so excited, I'm nerding out. <laughs> there was so much to just like, just, just, just warm the cockles there of our so, geeky little hearts. Yes, there was so much. Geek. And I appreciate too that when they couldn't, um, like, obviously, what we're getting at is a lot of care was presented in yeah, this definitely. to the fact uh to the to the nuanced detail that people wouldn't even know unless you did the research into but, it and but, when i couldn't like identify somebody i actually had to do the research into it I and know. i found out that the dude i thought was marv was marvin 
from Wendy and Marvin from the old cartoon show was actually a different Marv, but a far more poignant Marv. Hmm. The guy who in one of the episodes runs up to Supergirl in the Flash and asks for an autograph oh, yeah. is Marv Wolfman, yeah. the original oh, writer and the, con and dude that conceptualized Crisis on Infinite Earths to the begin guy with. Who wrote it. The guy who like this whole thing that was, like, it's like was his opus. Him. He's the one that had the yes. idea yes. and was able to sell DC back in the late seventies into the early 80s because the process itself took about 10 years to get that even done in the comics there was not just like to sell on the story but there was legal battles there was uh hiring and firing and hiring and firing of artist after artist and then presentation of the story and then a few dealings with marvel about like naming rights mm -hmm. but other than that it was just like they didn't want to do it and they want to do it and they're like okay well if we're gonna do it when they finally got to the point of okay we're doing it we're green lighting this he's like cool we have to get it right and there's literally decades upon decades of stuff to work with. They're like, yeah. all right, here's your budget. Great, that's a huge number. How should I use this? Well, get it right. <laughs> and he's like, okay. So the, they even went so far as to hire um, academic researchers to read uh. every single uh, DC book and every single like book from an acquired DC property, every side story that was released, like even like you know they did like a spider like an, like a end of the Spider Verse thing, oh, wow. where like you know even hey we use this character for like you know three promo issues that came in you know Twinkies back in like you know nineteen fifty you know four or something like that, you know it's like we got to include those we got to get them yeah, in somehow, yeah. and that's how they made the original Crisis, and that guy was the one who was like. It was his idea, and he's like, okay, well, you know, this is my big thing, and I've, I've talked a lot about this. We have to, you know, handle biz, mm -hmm. and he handled biz, and that took an extra two years, just like, you know, getting the research down. I'm like, damn, that's thorough. I did not know all that backstory. I read oh, yeah, Crisis, I um, so I will say there was one point in the show that I think is probably best that they didn't, <laughs> that they didn't uh, do 100%. No. Correct me wrong. Wasn't there two technically crisis events? Was there one more? There was three. There was three. Actually, yeah. Okay. Um, the, yeah, there, there's three uh, culminating in final. Now, we which say one, crisis which events. Which one culminated with Superboy, Superboy Prime? Super, well, actually, okay, here's the thing. He's actually been in all of them, all three, but he was the villain in Final Crisis, the okay. most recent one. All right, that's what and I, mean. I hate that so much. I know. I, but wasn't that the impetus for um the New 52, which is what every book... Yeah. Kind of divided people. Some people liked it, some people didn't. Yes, yes. It was. I personally like the new Fifty Two, so I'm on the pro side. So. I did too. I didn't like. I didn't like. I didn't like the catalyst that they that they did with it with Superboy Prime and Final Crisis. I, love, I, I, I like really the new like... Fifty Two and the whole year that it lasted before they retconned everything and went back to the same original formula. <laughs> like, I really liked what they did. Sorry, with... my hat fell off. I really liked what they did with Aquaman. Can no longer call that. you hats. <laughs> right? you ruined your name. Call <laughs> But, like, I really like what they did with Aquaman specifically, so I was kind of sad when they, like, yeah, they, got they made rid of Aquaman the such whole, a poignant character. Like, they got rid of the they, whole Thrones of Atlantis storyline. I was like, no, I like that story. Everyone laughed at the whole concept of Aquaman with the liquid hand, but that was like, that had a storyline that was really powerful mm -hmm. and had a lot of really progressive changes to the character, to his villains, to his entire world, including sinking. San Diego and having the whole world deal with like major tragedies. I mean, tragedies. they also sunk Boston. No, they drowned. Well, they didn't uh, sink Boston. They drowned okay. Boston uh, in like giant tidal waves, and that I mean, started we're below sea level. Like, so ain't hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that like that like started um, 
I, I want to say world war. It was that grand scale, yeah. but not as it wasn't like literally world war. Like it was it. a war with the land with the land. Mm -hmm. You know, existence and the entire sea. The, to yeah. to me, the like, best part was it was all based on his own plan. Mm -hmm. Like he's like, oh no, they've taken kind of like how Batman has his contingency plan and how like the Tower of Babel. Yeah, yes, I love that like, storyline. Sorry, sorry I, got, I got loud. For just second. like that, um, what you call Aquaman's contingency plan was taken and used against him, mm -hmm. and well, against pretty much everyone on the surface and he was like this isn't what I wanted yeah. I didn't ask for any of this to happen what's the cool thing there which I'm a little bummed they didn't do because again they alluded to everything and they alluded to this but they've never actually shown it in any of the Alverse shows um, is they've had an Aquaman character and the fact that in the Smallville, Smallville yes thank you and the fact that the Smallville universe exists in this means that that Aquaman character could have had a larger role and you don't think so? But he's on Titans now. The okay. guy who played Aquaman in Smallville, he is Hawk on Titans now. You're right. And uh. they absolutely cannot have a character who's played another character no, play no, them I both know you're in about this to talk same about, thing. Um, other one. Yes, I was. Why but, you cut me off, y'all? I'm making the same point you are. But because they didn't show any of the Titans characters that much, and I wonder if there was like a con like mm. if there the were contract thing? issues. Whereas what you call it, Brendan Rock, he's already in there. He's already on those shows. Mm. So it was probably a little easier for him to go back and play his view version. If that was the case, I'd be okay with the recast. But at the very least, like I think that having the character is more important than having the specific actor. Uh, yeah. All they have to do is make him is use Aquaman from a different universe. Because Aquaman yeah. wasn't tied to a specific to one of those yeah, specific Aquaman universes. Aquaman hasn't appeared in any of the Arrowverse shows up until this point. So yeah. it wouldn't make sense that they would introduce him in the crossover. Well, no, sure it would. Uh, no, because they've never done it before. Like like every other crossover you you met whatever the new character was before the crossover started so you wouldn't have met him in the crossover you would have met him like several episodes before that or he'd have done a guest spot in one of the series like last season or something like that you wouldn't just meet him now at least that's not the way they've done it so far all right well okay i'm i'm not gonna disagree with you um like i do think i do think you're right i think that would that that's a very poignant point but I also think that they had, they gave themselves license to go outside of that parameter when they introduced Black Lightning to this. Well, still, in, still a CW show though. No, I know, but but it he, just had he it hasn't officially made him an Arrowverse. Exactly. So because they did that, they could, you know, they could introduce anyone they wanted. Had they could, they could have, they could have friggin' because they had Vibe already in here. They had, they could have Gypsy, on, Vixen, and Citizen on, Steel. What you call? But he's on. Flash, he's a regular character on Flash. Yes, so but that's you're not hearing what I'm there. saying. Because Gypsy they also have him. was a reoccurring character on Flash, so she would have been. You see where I'm going? Is it, I is think it, is it that she, she, she's, not, she's not listening, period, or that she actively also, doesn't want to hear? I think it's denial. It's it's denial. Like she's imagining a wall here. No, it's and not denial. It's just I'm like, just saying how they've at this point done these crossovers. They've never just brought a character as like a an actual player who had never appeared before. You're right, Shane. Aquaman should never appear in DC I'm not Comics ever. That. Oh my God. Then why are you fighting me on the I'm fact that I think fighting. I would have liked to have seen Aquaman? What in I'm this. saying is, if they were going to use him, they would have introduced him earlier. That's all I'm saying. Like, I would love to see Aquaman. I like Aquaman. I think Aquaman is one of the top five powerful characters. Then in how DC could they universe. employ Aquaman but in this crossover? 
there was no way to put him in. This is what I'm saying. They wouldn't have introduced him in the crossover. There is too much going on to build a character. That's why all the characters are already introduced when the crossover starts. I think they should have done a cameo. Just cut to him like undersea. He's like, I don't know, doing his taxes or whatever. I think the Ezra Miller um, thing was to cover all of those. Like that covers that whole Justice League universe. On. Uh, that seems like I'm a thing not, they I'm not really saying that. I'm saying it's not really one of those things they that got the they flash can... from the movies to make a cameo. That was pretty. Yeah, that but was that one doesn't of the automatically best... give them. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that was one of the best moments of the entire thing. I think in part because Ezra Miller is perfect. I know he's su- he's such a little dweeb, and I love him. Even though when I was watching it, I was like, I don't understand how this makes sense in terms of like what is happening, but with, I love with it. Flash, there's you. time travel involved, so it never needs to. Make Makes sense. True. Yes. <laughs> the story of the um, crisis uses a lot of elements from different DC books that they've always incorporated, and the fact that they presented these and didn't call attention to it wasn't like, ah, you see that? No, we got that there. Mm, you, see that? there. you see this there? That was also there too. I like that they just let the story be a story. You know, the things that were huge. They just kind of left in the background. It's like, yeah, no, if you if you know it, awesome. If you don't, yeah. we're not going to, you know, make a big thing of it because yeah. we have a story to tell. And they told that story. This was much more well presented than I, I thought it would be because mm-hmm. it's an easy thing to mess up. Yes. It really is. Especially but when yeah. each of these shows has their own established universe. Exactly. And, and they so rarely cross over. Which I think that's why the writers are like, let's just make it one universe. Just make it one universe. Yeah. Because <laughs> we got to... St- because it's too much to find ways to bring them across dimensions all the time. Yeah. No, we'll just make it one universe. So much easier. And which, you know what, from a writing standpoint, it is easier. Yeah. <laughs> it also, I mean, I, granted, this was its own thing, but it gives so much license now for each of these shows that will continue to go on. Oh, yeah. To, well, except for Arrow. That ends this year. That's hence why I gave that caveat. Each of these shows that will but continue every, to go on. Every other show got renewed. Yes. So each of these shows that will continue to go on Okay, I don't know if you had another arbitrary interjection. Thank you. Um, To now incorporate storylines using the other characters that they couldn't do before. Yeah. So it gives them more freedom to use stuff from the books if they want, or go off on their own, you know, do their own things. My biggest thing, I'm happy that they freaking integrated Black Lightning into the rest of the um, Arrowverse, because I'm like... Is he not in any other crossover? That was a little. I mean, it, it, if you, if you watch Black Lightning, you you'll get that he's not in the same world where all these other superheroes are. No. But the fact that you know the other they have they've had their own crossovers. It's like y'all couldn't incorporate the brother for one. No. Yeah. But you know what? So I, the fact that he's me, in now is that, that's a good thing. Part thing. of me wondered if it's because in the Black Lightning TV show that race is such a big component of the show and race relations is a big component of the show um that they were really really it's that it's one of those things that they don't really deal with in any of the other Arrowverse shows they don't deal with like um cultural and ethnic discrimination in those shows like at all Mm -hmm. they don't they essentially in their universes racism doesn't exist because you never see it ever happen mm-hmm. like at all it only happens in black lightning and i wonder if they kept it over there because they're like that's heavy and flash <laughs> is light and we want to keep it light <laughs> i feel like they've done um a lot of they put a lot of effort into compartmentalizing 
each show's particular struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, in the the, uh, the the struggles of class in Arrow, the struggles of uh, sexism in uh, in Supergirl, the struggles of well, I mean, it's the newer struggle, but still the struggles of uh, of uh, not just like gender politics, but also like LGBTQ issues in uh, Batwoman. And each of those seems to exist in its own realm. Each yeah, of those yeah. shows isn't like, you know, crossing. Each of those shows stays in its lane. And, you know, and, and Black none Lightning of those things are in Flash at all. No, those, well, I mean, I mean, you know, Flash got, is the lightest of the shows. I you got to have, you got to have the shows represent for the cis white male men. Yeah, you know, and, the underrepresented cis white men in, in society. And it's only sort of hinted on in Legends, considering that they go back in time. You think it'd come up more? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm, 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 I'm glad for that though. Legends made a lot of missteps in the first season, because um, I just because I had like history with all those characters, and then I saw how they presented. I'm like, no, 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 what, no? And then you got Rory. I like Rory, but not as. Come on, man. That dude was supposed to be like Leonidas with like you know a shave, and instead mm. they got you know again Rory from. Anyway, sorry. Um, okay, we're getting a little. Uh, Off, well, like, we've gotten deep in the weeds already, so we're like, you know, like, this, this is like, what do we, we are think so about far. The show? Yes, the show itself. I thought this was very well presented. I like the fact that, um, like, Crisis had research done when they originally yeah. created. This also had so much research done in everything that's been presented on screen, just so they even for the smallest nuanced little Easter eggs. You know, the fact that mm-hmm. the the scene at the end that seemed tacked onto me. Oh my gosh, but I then laughed when you so see the name, hard. I laughed when I heard the music. Yeah, it's just like the the, the music cue. It was the super Such a friends. small detail. Like, yo, there are so many. Like, every time there's something mm. poignant with a certain character, mm-hmm. you will hear the original theme of that character. Yeah, it, so, took, me, like, it took me a few times to realize that's and, what was happening too. But it's like, what was it? Episode uh, three, the um, the guy who played the Flash in the '90s Flash mm-hmm. se- TV mm-hmm. series, um, he's in it and there's a moment a poignant moment with him and when that happens you hear the theme song from that show and i was like oh yay it's the old theme song for yeah. the flash that's nice and Dude, side characters pop up um freaking yo random characters uh people okay not just characters but also people that mm-hmm. if they couldn't incorporate their characters they still find a way to incorporate the person like mm-hmm. the actor that played them in a different poignant role uh the main one that's coming to mind right now because a few of the the side um characters uh that were promised you know like danielle nicolette that weren't in this mm-hmm. um were still credited you know but people like john crier uh who was in uh superman i think it was superman 4 with the sun dude and stuff he was lex luthor's nephew slash lackey <laughs> and yeah, you can't have that dude in there but when they do the cross universes with the different Luthors, mm-hmm. and there's there's Alex, there's Alex Luthor, there's Lex Luthor, there's Alexi Luthor, there's all different Luth, all different versions of Lex Luthor, and each yeah. one has their own motivation for hating Superman, except the couple who really like Superman. They each have different, uh, yeah, have which is which is weird. You know, they have um, yeah. uh, they're also different paths of life, and they show that, and they can't do all that in this show. It's not about Lex Luthor, yeah. But they have the one played by John Cryer. They uh, found know, a way to get him I back in there. I didn't think that I would like him as much, that much as Lex Luthor, but it, it worked really well. He was such an egomaniacal a-hole, and it was just like... <laughs> He's got that face, it's just like... Yes, no, you didn't he does. insert you yourself like... into the hero group just so you... I was like, all for your rampant ego yeah, oh my gosh and it would have been, been hokey I think if they'd use the good Lex Luthor 
uh, yeah, that we've totally. seen. And yeah, that that uh, or the like, future like, Luthor from like, um, like the the one with the long red hair that used to romance Supergirl. <gasps> Alex, yeah, <laughs> oh my God. That, that's Alexander. He did. I know. Uh, but yeah, but uh, I like that. I like that they used him instead of Alexander. If they had found like some like redheaded Jason Momoa, I'd have been like, you, you, get, no, not in twenty twenty. Get out of here. <laughs> um, dude, this was an awesome. It was it was an awesome uh, awesome display of what happens when comic you know shows go right. Yeah, and DC's nice. had like missteps, but the Arrow Arrowverse has been one of the good it's ones that they've done for a while. I mean, and, and I'm glad that it culminated people. in this. I'm you know thumbs yeah, up. I, I have it. to give this a thumbs up. It just it was well written. It was also taking a lot of care to present a story without necessarily um, pandering entirely yeah. to the DC fans or specifically the Arrowverse fans because there was a lot yeah. of stuff that goes beyond the universe that was done and not just like glossed over. That was that I think was very poignant and. Um, it was just, it was fun to watch from either uh, point of view. If you're not a fan, this was a good uh, story told. If you are a fan, this had a lot just for you to nerd out on hardcore. So much yeah. nerd. Mm -hmm. Like, it just, so much nerd. Like, oh my god, when they fought the giant Teletubby, not Teletubby, the Furby <laughs> oh, thing, yeah. the giant Furby thing, um, and I'm like, I know that's a um, Legends villain, and it was just like, when he gets zapped and he's like, ow! <laughs> 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 like little stuff like that was just so and again like that that um i like that at the end they have behold like showing you how all the other universes that are back and are still alive but that little easter egg of the monkey and i'm like and they played the super friends theme and i was like i don't even know how they're gonna make that monkey work because that seems like it's gonna really hit your cgi budget hard <laughs> so who gets the monkey i'm curious on their show yeah because gleek oh my gosh from super friends i think they i think they'll they'll they might introduce the wonder twins down the line i think that i think that's the thing that'll happen or or yeah or when and marvin don't say it also, they'll, they'll, don't say also it they don't try to see them to mm. all of these shows that they have in development in that if you paid attention like oh, yeah, star no, the... girl which is about to be a series coming mm. out oh wow they shot out for her like her universe um which got like we've mentioned earlier they're making a green lantern Corps show mm. um shot that out like just little stuff they even put in swamp thing and i was like did yeah. they cancel his show and i was like i hope they bring it back with hbo max because well swamp thing's a tough one to do um the only the only thing the only thing i, I think we didn't see was um there's a uh, the pilot was floating around everywhere, so we know it exists. Uh, there was a Justice League TV show. They released an hour-long pilot. Mm -hmm. uh, question: The hour-long pilot was released in certain markets and then immediately pulled. <gasps> yeah, it has. It has. It didn't have a lot going for it, but it had some recognizable characters. It's the only one that's ever actually done Green Lantern. Let him be in the Justice League that wasn't animated. Uh -huh. And they actually had a good scene, a good, a good suit for him. Um, he had the he had the Guy Gardner. Nice. Uh, gear Aww. that's you know, a suit with like that 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 elast vest that you know it's kind of dope. Oh God, and it's funny scene. About the suit for the show. We'll 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 see. <laughs> I we'll hope see. it's good. Don't make it CGI. Well, okay. So what would you give this? I know I gave it a thumbs up. Like again, I enjoy the crossovers. Like every year, I, I watch them. Um, they just kept getting bigger. I was a little disappointed about one thing that they had been building up like for years that ended up not being in it, and I really more or less was more it's more i'm annoyed for the excuse of why they didn't do it um because in flash there's always been a running clock about when the crisis was supposed to happen and essentially how they played it was like because they messed with some things in the previous crossover it happened faster mm -hmm. and um there, so there's like this new future newspaper that they keep showing in flash to like and it helps them verify where their timeline's going 
and in it there's a blurb about the um crisis and it talks about reverse flash leading a like army of demons through the street and i was like that didn't happen (laughs) (laughs) and the reason why it didn't was because the current head writer um was like well we didn't feel like building off of stuff that previous writing teams had had written and because the original writing team from flash from the very first season isn't there anymore they have uh, gotten a new writing team in the last like couple years it's probably for the best so, too they had weird ideas like they wanted the newspaper to say dewey defeats truman weird stuff like that <laughs> but yeah like it was just a little thing but no but otherwise all, uh, overall i loved it nice all right move I'm also going to give it a thumbs up. I agree. This is something that's super easy to just like turn into a hot pile of mess. Um, But it was coherent throughout. You got to see a lot of different characters, but they all, I think almost everyone like had at least a cool moment um, for for actual characters that move the plot along. Um, I have not seen all the different shows. So some of these characters like Vibe, that's someone that I did not know about and immediately fell in love with and was like, oh, I like you. I'm going to watch whatever you're in. Uh, Cisco's adorable. Yes. Um, yeah, he did a thong song and everything. It's wonderful. <laughs> but with a C. There were a couple of times where I was like, I don't fully understand what's happening here, but I'm just going to go with it. And that worked out fine. Uh, so, yeah, I would say probably about on par with the uh, original Crisis comic books in terms of like, wrapping things up effectively and like putting things in a good place moving forward and being i I think this was more enjoyable um as a consumer experience in the comic like i do like the nods of the comic origins of they changed some people's backstories but it still worked Mm -hmm. like they actually made the anti-monitors backstory the monitors backstory and it was but it was still interesting yeah some things they did have with that though i really i really like the way they it all together. Yeah, future Batman was a hodgepodge. Oh, of yeah. Several several future Batman. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Kingdom Come Batman, hence why he was dressed like that. The uh, Dark Knight Batman, hence why he did what he did. Uh, even though that too was a was a changeover from what the Dark Knight Batman actually did, but what he tried to do. Mm-hmm. And then they they took, kind of took away the reason for why he did it, which I was on his side for why he tried to do it. But you know, yeah. Um, they didn't go into like the seventeen Robins while one of them's a, a yeah. redheaded female, while one of them's you know dead and back <laughs> and yeah, they they the spared only you Robin a lot of stuff. The Robin we saw was yeah. Burt Ward and the one from Titans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yo, dude, it was awesome. We are so over time. Yes, yeah. All right, so this has been the Geek Town. I want to thank you all for joining us for another action-packed, fun-filled episode. I want to thank Shayna. I want to thank Lil Beast. Uh, and I want to thank you for joining us, reminding you. If you heard anything on this show you want to chime in on, hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com. Also, dude, go to the site and see all our posts, reviews, all that good stuff, written reviews, video reviews, hit the audio. Oh, left and right, we are covering all spectrums. Mm-hmm. And just go to geek-down.com. Or, dude, find us on your favorite podcast app. Take us on the go. You find us, I type in The Geek Down. If you use CastBox, if you use Podcast Addict, if you use Spotify, all these networks we're on, you just type in The Geek Down. We're usually the first ones that come up. And, dude, look for that familiar logo. Until then, until next time, I want to thank you for joining us and reminding you all, be excellent to each other. Peace. <laughs>